0: Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, we've got a very special guest named Kimberly Muller. You're going to make sure that you stay tuned for this entire episode. Kimberly Muller is a voice teacher, and she has an MFA in musical theater. She's got her master's of music and vocal performance and a graduate performance diploma in voice pedagogy. And what she does is she marries all of this experience about singing and repertoire um, in both musical theater and opera with neurology, and kinesthetic exercises in your body that help free your voice. And I just played for a masterclass, maybe like a month ago uh, that she was teaching and I learned so much from sitting behind the piano and I was trying out these exercises and finding that it was creating more freedom in my own voice. So I thought I have to have Kim on the podcast. She has to share some of this information with you guys. Stay tuned, we're gonna get right into it. Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Kimberly, thank you for being here today. Thanks, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Great, Um, I'm excited for people to hear about you and the work that you're doing. Um, I have sat in on many a voice lesson as an accompanist, I've taken voice lessons, and the work that I'm seeing you do is unlike anything that I've seen before. And the results that you're getting with students and with myself, because I've tried out your techniques, I just think are magical and they're fascinating. And I want people to learn about what it is you do. So your company is called Vocal Kinesthetics. Your studio is called that. What is Vocal Kinesthetics? Why are you named that? And what is this connection to neurology and our voice all about? Yes,
1: absolutely. So um, I'm a super kinesthetic person. And if you tell me to move my soft palate, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to be able to feel it before I move it. And I think a lot of people are like that. Um, So I named the company uh, Vocal Kinesthetics because singing kinesthetically means that you are addressing the brain and the body as a kinetic chain. So if something is not doing its job, um, then it's going to keep the brain's attention and it will not devote energy to that high note coming up. It's, it's way more concerned with survival. So in my brain, singers are athletes and we have to train the whole body and not just this little box in the throat.
0: Okay, so you're saying that what goes on in every part of our body actually affects what comes out of our voice.
1: Yes, your experience, your bone breaks, your um, emotional life, there a lot of things contribute to what happens in vocal production.
0: It's so interesting because singing it's like the one instrument that's biological, right Like all the other instruments, it's like a thing in your hand and you're pressing a button and you might be blowing into like a horn or something. but this is your voice is affected by, the growth in your body—it's affected by your health. It's affected by your state of mind, right? All of these things. So, what does kinesthetically? I get it. I can get like, oh, if I'm feeling muscle soreness, then my voice might not be at its best. What is this side of neurology that you bring to it? What does that mean? That's a word I always think of in in a hospital setting and not in voice lesson setting.
1: Yeah. Well, neurology has come a long way, especially in the last. 20, 30 years. Um, And it really is sort of the study of pain science because pain lives in the brain. Um, So in our brain, we have a threshold of stress that we can put into our brains. And it has to, we have to be able to regulate that or we are not gonna get the output that we want. So that's sort of addressing what goes into the brain Scrambling it up is the brain's job and then having a motor output, which to us in our context is singing. Um, So this is a a basic concept in neurology that is called the threat bucket. Okay. Um, So we have to regulate the system when it comes to sleep, fuel, maybe you got your callback sides at the last second, or you're sitting in traffic before an audition and you're getting late. Um, or if, if you're going through grief, I mean, there's, there's so many things that go into this unique instrument, um, that we have to regulate what's going in so that we can be performing our best and, you know, make sure that the system is working at its most efficient, you know, a a top notch.
0: Okay. So I'm going to throw a question at you, which I didn't give you in the interview question, but I'm thinking this is going to be helpful. So you have all of this experience you have read. Oh, share with us. What is the book um, and one of your mentors that has sort of spearheaded this type of voice teaching? I think that would be important for people. to
1: Yeah, know. absolutely. Um, so his name is Andrew Byrne and he has a book called the singing athlete and it's based on his work with Z health, which is a um, neurocentric education company that I've also had certifications with. I've taken some of their courses, which are incredible. Um, And it's a deep, deep dive into neurology and the systems and how to assess your body and reassess with a new input in the brain.
0: Okay. I want to talk about that. Let's say I'm coming to you for a voice lesson and I sing for you. How is this voice lesson, how is your approach, how is this assessing and trying one of these drills that you do and then reassessing, what does this process look like when you're working with a student?
1: So we usually start with whatever the student is comfortable sharing in terms of health history. Um, We figure out what's working, what's not working, and what they want more of. And, you know, it, it is sort of, it takes time to develop a language around how it feels to sing and what they need more of or less of if their goal is to belt, but they've really overtrained the head voice and been more specifically involved with a classical teacher in college, which is Totally ops norm. I mean, it's everywhere. Everybody is studying classically and then expecting those skills to translate. And that's not necessarily the case. So there's a whole shift that has to happen physically. And if you have um, an injury or one side of the body is particularly getting injured more often, or you're just a little bit more clumsy on one side, that is a part of the brain that we can assess and we can test or um, put a new input in to see if that becomes a what's called a high payoff drill which means your singing gets better um, there are there's just a lot of information that we're trying to uh, get from the nervous system and again we're assessing assessing like your unique nervous system everybody has a different experience so um, if you you need to specifically work on coordination, for example, on one side of the brain, that may not, I mean, that may mean that one side of your larynx is not doing its job. So we're trying to affect change positively, ultimately, in your singing by adding mobility and the best kind of, of movement that you can, the most efficient kind of movement you can to affect change in the larynx, which is a small box in your throat, that you can barely feel.
0: Okay, so you hear the person sing, you've talked to them about their health history, so, and then you sort of get an idea from seeing them and listening to them what some of the trouble spots might be. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you try various drills, mm-hmm. techniques with them, and see if they, have, if they yield a result in a positive direction, if they're a high payoff drill. Can we talk about some of those drills? Like, how do you know? I I played for your masterclass a couple weeks ago and I was just so just fascinated at the piano, watching you like just zero right in on what someone's issue is when they're singing. And then you just knew like the right exercise to have them try and then they would do it again. And it really was, it was like magic. So what are some of those connections or maybe what are some of the most common um, things that you try first or most common issues that you have with singers. Absolutely. So
1: these are sort of, um, I have a list of kind of top five drills that I teach in my intro to vocal kinesthetics that tend to work with most people. Um, and the reason is we just went through a pandemic. <laughs> we're, we're sort of coming out of it. A lot of us have been sitting for a long time and some of us have back issues. So if you do something that releases tension in the back or improves the body in, in mobility and in like a forward bend or whatever it is, um, then you are going to effectively influence the whole chain on the way up, including your breathing system, etc. So that can be everything from foot mobility to eyes and ears. And if we're staring at screens, you can see like we might have some visual discrepancies that are a very, very high priority to the brain.
0: Let's talk about the eyes. Let's talk about the eyes. Let's talk about the threat bucket and that priority you're talking about. Because it's it's not something I think about when I'm trying to sing better is that I need to do mm-hmm. eye drills or that I need to pay attention to if I feel safe with what input is coming into my eyes. So share, explain what this is all about. Sure. So
1: uh, in neurology, if you look at the priority systems to the brain, you're going to see that vision is the number one priority to the brain Mm -hmm. It's what our brain is most concerned about. Because if we cannot see a tiger coming at us, then we are not going to be able to run away from it. Um, Survival
0: is most important. Primal survival instinct. Eyesight is the most important. Okay.
1: Yes, exactly. And the next one after that is your inner ear system. So which way is up? A lot of things, come out of that. I mean, the, the stem is really what we're assessing when we look at eyes and ears. That is our, you know, our first, it's connected to our first brain, which is the, the literally survival based okay. things, um, that, that the brain is concerned about. So if you look at those two systems alone, you've got 12 cranial nerves that you can assess that includes taste, that includes, um, your, your tongue mobility, it, it includes your eyes, your ears. Um, there's your accessory nerves, which are also very close to the, to the larynx. Um, and then the third thing that is the highest priority, which also affects a lot of change, is what's called proprioception. And that is the body or the brain's 3D map of the body in time and space. So if you can improve the chain, like I said, the the map of whatever area is a little bit dull or maybe we're not seeing very clearly in our brain, then that's gonna influence everything up the chain.
0: Okay, there's so much in what you just said. <laughs> Sorry about you that. You talked yeah. about eyes, you talked about balance, right? Mm-hmm. And then or which way is up, and then you talked about body mapping. So let's let's go back to the eyes a little bit. Can you share with us a couple of drills? I know it's hard cuz we're on a podcast, but like what are we trying to do with some of these eye drills and what possible result might happen for that for us vocally out of that? Is that sure. a good question? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. Um so when you think about the eyes, they have six muscles in them. So we are strengthening eyes in the sense of like where they go, what direction they look, how they converge um, to focus on something. A lot of singers feel things, feel resonance in the mask. That's sort of a, a task that we're given by our voice teachers as mm-hmm. we are um, working through, you know, initial study. And if if that's not how your brain works or you have a discrepancy in focusing on a, on a subject that is really close to you, then we need to figure out how to strengthen that. So I have drills called pencil push-ups. I have near far drills, which is, you know, looking at something really far away and looking at something very close. And doing these kinds of drills can help you read text more clearly. It can help you, you know, release tension in the neck because we don't specifically usually uh, separate the eyes from the neck when we are turning our head or we're looking at something. So focusing on that alone can improve tension and release your larynx,
0: which is obviously- I'm feeling tension in my neck. It can be caused because of something that's not working properly with my eyes. Yes. That's insane. I've never heard of that before. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you do? You said this near far, what's the pencil push up? Because I think I know what this one is and this might be something that people can try just by listening to how you describe it. Absolutely. Okay. So what you have to do first is
1: assess something in your body. Um, So I'm going to have you, Corey, just go ahead and give me a lateral tilt of your head. That's going to look like bringing your ear to your shoulder. Okay. Good. And, and do not move into pain on this. We're going to just assess what that feels like on both sides. If you okay. notice any tension or if you notice more, you know, something talking to you, pain or otherwise, don't move into it, but just notice it right now.
0: I feel like I don't have super a lot of mobility right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> it is morning and we are, we haven't moved a lot yet, potentially. No. So this is something that will hopefully get better for you. And all, again, like as we assess these things, you're going to learn more about your body, and if it doesn't work for you, it's really good information, so we can decide what to do next. Okay, um, okay so you've done your assessment. You see what that mobility is like. Mm-hmm. Now, extend your your hand out in front of you and make a thumbs up. Okay. Okay. You're going to take a look at your thumbnail, and you're going to slowly bring your thumbnail up to the bridge of your nose. Keep breathing, relax the tongue and the jaw, and you're gonna just bring it in and converge your eyes together and then bring it all the way back out. And we'll do that three times. Keep breathing, relax
0: the jaw. Is this close enough or should I go further go,
1: go in a little bit more until the target splits into two.
0: Okay, it's definitely in two, okay. Okay, great. Everybody Breathe. listening, I hope you're doing this with me. Okay, third time, I'm bringing my thumb into my eyes, and now it's Breathe. splitting into two. And then I'm slowly making it go away from me. Okay,
1: good. And now you can put that down, and we're gonna reassess your body. So That's you'll... it. That
0: was the drill. Okay, that was the drill. That was it. Good. And then yeah, we'll go... I do feel like it goes farther down on that side. This side still feels stiff. My left side, taking my left ear to my left shoulder feels stiff. Mm -hmm. My right ear to my right shoulder felt like it improved.
1: The right does look like it's improving. Um, What I will say is I would love to have you just do that drill one or two more times. And you're going to, now that you know what it is, I'm going to have you move a little tiny bit more quickly. And I'm going to just watch your eyes to see if there are any discrepancies. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Your job here is to relax the throat, relax the neck. And the really important part is that you have to keep breathing.
0: Okay, you did say keep breathing, and I realized I was holding my breath. Yes. So Let's try this again.
1: <laughs> no, again, it's a primal instinct. Yes. You're nervous about this, this task that you have to do because it's yeah. a very high-priority system.
0: Yes. Okay. So move a little, little faster with my thumb.
1: Just a little bit faster okay.
0: and keep breathing. Relax. Like this. Door. Yep. All the way in. Relax. Mm-hmm. Make sure that
1: both of your eyes are on the target. Breathe. Let's do one more. Breathe and release, perfect. Okay, let's drop that and try the assessment again. I'll tell you what I saw. ooh, that looks great. That feels better on the right. Hey, yep. it's a little, a little bit better here. Yeah,
0: left is improving. I just feel, I guess I'm just stiff on that side for some reason. Yes. Okay. Um, so let me tell you what I saw. Uh,
1: okay. as, as I was watching your eyes, the first time we went through this um, and I told you to focus, or the, the second time we went through this and I, I specifically told you to stay focused on the target, your eyes started doing their job. Yes. They started, they were not out to happy hour. They were like, Okay. Mm-hmm. or on this. And they both started to converge, which is exactly the task we needed. Um, now, I did notice, I believe that your right eye was more involved in the job than the left eye. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any, any specific glass? Do you wear glasses? Do you have any specific
0: issues? I wear contacts and my, um, my left eye has to have a stronger prescription than my right eye. So my left eye does not see as well as my right eye, but I'm wearing my contacts right now, but that could just be great. So this information
1: came after we did the drill. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I noticed that your muscles in the left eye were not working as, as well as the right eye. So what that means is if we challenge the left eye, it can potentially get better and then be working more in sync with the other eye. And we can, we can actually affect the change in your neck mobility,
0: but also like your prescription. What? Really? <laughs> you think that would change? Yes. What? No way, this is crazy. Way, it is
1: crazy. <laughs> so optometrists do not uh, really believe in any of this. They yeah. wanna sell you glasses, but you have muscles in your eyes. So if you can train them, they can actually get better and you can focus on, on a task or you can, you know, mobilize them. And if, you, if that is possible, then why wouldn't you, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so that's something that will help my, my eyesight, obviously my eye coordination. And then this also translates into releasing tension in my neck, which is super important as a singer. Yes. Right. So this is all coming back to how does this affect our singing as how well? How does this directly affect the muscles of your larynx? Yes. Wow. So doing this eye coordinating exercise, this, um, what do you call it? The this p- is the pencil push up. the okay, way to okay.
1: rehab. So this was the drill and the assessment, uh, because I noticed that there was a discrepancy in here. So the way that you would personally improve this is yeah. you would
0: cover yeah. the strong eye. And then I would do the same thumb out yeah, same and thumb in. Thumb
1: in, I would actually challenge it, cross it over in a triangle,
0: keep your eye on it, breathe, and then
1: come all the way back out.
0: So what I did, everybody, is I moved my thumb to the right, more towards my covered eye, and then I moved it back center. Oh and my then gosh.
1: Go all, all the way back out. So and you'll notice other other muscles are going to start to try and recruit and help you with this task. And your, your job is going to be to... Like, okay, I can isolate this. I can relax my body
0: and just let my eyes work. Okay. Fascinating. Can we move on to some other body parts? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I want to talk about taste next. I saw at this masterclass that you did, you had one of the singers taste salt Mm -hmm. on four different quadrants of her tongue. And to feel which one is not as sensitive Mm -hmm. as the other quadrants. And this is something you mentioned briefly earlier in our talk today is like, what parts of your body are not as engaged or they're not at, there might be number, Mm -hmm. if that's a word, number, then another part of your body. So what the heck does our tongue and our taste, how does that help us with singing? How is this connected? Oh my gosh.
1: Um this is like one of my favorite things to do in a class because it's so or even, you know, one-on-one because it's usually so effective and I don't usually have to fish for what actually like what feels like it tastes uh more active than something else. Okay. You can tell me right away. Um so the, the tongue is divided into four quadrants like you said and the front two are usually stronger because we want to keep poison out of our body. They're they're typically have the most taste buds. So uh, what I like to do is, again, it's sort of just like the soft palate analogy. If you can't feel it, you can't move it. So it doesn't make sense for me to say, hey, put your tongue in this position and then you can belt your face off
0: okay. if you
1: can't feel your tongue. So um, we are improving a cranial nerve.
0: There's two uh, there's a pair of them for each each activity cranial um, as in our cranium so nerves on our head somewhere yeah
1: it's it's definitely uh they come out of the brain stem okay which is your brain is like broccoli and you've got a poof and you've got a stem it's in the stem okay okay and there's 12 of them so this is this is one of them um cranial nerves i mean we're, we're looking at glossopharyngeal and vagus Um, so those are like 10 and 11 anyways. Um, so you put salt on all four quadrants at once and then you swirl it around and you observe what might have a stronger, more salty taste or what might you might remember after you've swallowed what feels more strong. Okay. And then you figure out that, okay, well there's definitely a part of the tongue that I don't feel, um, Typically, and we put pepper on that spot. Just that spot. Just that spot. I mean, okay. in the class, I believe um, it was two spots. It was the front left and the back right. Yeah, I think um, it was, Yeah, yeah, something like that. And that's that's fairly typical. We have dominant sides of the body that we use all the time, and we we chew on one side,
0: mm-hmm.
1: typically, right? So, you know, you're always practicing neurology whether you know it or not
0: interesting (laughs) what I like to
1: say to people so if you improve that if you put a new input into the brain and you put you know pepper there you're going to be more aware of what your tongue is doing in time and space and then I don't even give any more direction after that I have you sing
0: it again and then a change typically typically there (laughs) is some kind of change (laughs) That is crazy. So that's an easy thing that somebody could try after listening to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. first on all four quadrants, swallow, assess where you're feeling the least, Mm -hmm. and then put pepper back on that quadrant. Yes. And then swallow. Actually, put
1: pepper on the quadrant uh, and then keep it on there as you sing as best you can. Oh, my word. Okay. Yep.
0: So So just launch right into that next.
1: And then launch right into whatever phrase you're you're t- retesting. You know we we use this assessment of your neck for your eyes, but typically with singers, I'm having you test something in your body. I'm also having you test a phrase of singing. Okay, so there's with. the
0: assessment first, then there's whatever the drill is, mm-hmm. when and when then you sing retest. or do the mobility again. You retest, yes, see what's improved. Exactly, fascinating. It's Okay. Is there another point uh, in the body that you find really helpful, like that somebody listening today might be able to use? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's see. Share with us.
1: Um, So one of my favorite things to focus on is something so, so far away from the larynx, which is called a toe pull. Um, I think in the class I called it a bend and snap. Okay. Because you, you take a step forward, um, oh, this one's really hard to describe, <laughs> um, but you are, you're basically trying to stretch and affect a little bit of a, an opener in the, the joints of the cuneiform and the talus at the top of the foot. On the top oh. of the foot. On the top of the foot. So okay. you take a step forward and you actually fold, you know, your, your foot, the top of your foot is on the floor. Kind of like a tendu oh. to the back. Yeah, but you roll yeah. your foot over so like but not so, turned like, you're, out.
0: But your not toe turned knuckles
1: out. are on the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. there you can do them in different positions. You can do them, you know, right, left, in, out. Like this is I typically just do it dead on, and so you're not turned out. Your hips are square. Okay. Um, then you tuck the pelvis. You have a tall spine. You bend the other leg, and you come up, and it's a very small little stretch, an opening that happens. At the top of the foot, you do that two or three times. You continue breathing. You relax the jaw and you retest your body and you retest your singing.
0: So you're just doing like a little plie on the one leg, not like a deep, deep squat. Yeah, exactly. A little plie on the standing leg and your back, you're like, if I'm standing on my left leg, my right foot is extended behind me Mm -hmm. and stretching the top of that foot.
1: Yes. You're trying to make sure that your heel is over your toe. So it's not, your heel is not flopped out or in, those are, those are different versions of the toe pull. Okay, um, But that's typically, I have people look over their shoulder and make sure that their heel is over their toe. Then you line your body up, tuck your pelvis, tall spine, and you bend and you bend and you bend. Yeah, okay. um, this typically creates a great result, especially in lower back mobility. So if you are retesting everything up the chain from that joint area in the foot, where there are a ton of mechanoreceptors that give your brain information, it helps you feel more grounded and it affects everything up the chain, including the respiratory system.
0: So this sounds like it'd be very useful right before you're about to perform. Absolutely. to ground yourself and to just center your breathing.
1: Yes, absolutely I've had dancers use it before going out and, and having to do like triples and and go crazy with you know turns and it tends to ground them as well. It improves foot mobility. It helps you just literally connect to the floor and feel like you're regulating your breath. you're regulating your your legs are supporting you, they're under you. Um, and that feeling alone is enough to calm anxiety. <laughs> a lot of people Mm.
0: yeah Kimberly what you're talking about here I just feel like it's so revolutionary and maybe it's just because I'm not in the right circles of vocal training to have heard this but like I don't I haven't seen this in any of the the lessons that I've been in and I've watched a lot of different voice teachers and they're saying things like raise your soft palate, support with your diaphragm and, you know, lengthen the back of your neck. And we get these sort of like directives. Mm -hmm. But as you said, if that part of the body, like if we can't focus in on feeling that part of the body, how can we move it? And I just, I feel like these are going to be life-changing to people. So thank you for sharing all of this.
1: They are. They're life-changing to me. And that's why I'm so obsessed with it. (laughs) That's why I use it. I mean, I was introduced to it uh, with Andrew Byrne when I was, you know, getting, crossing over from opera and getting into Um, musical theater on roller skates and Xanadu Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so my inner ear system was going crazy and as I was starting to study this stuff um, I was completely just thrown by how much progress I could make in one session Mm -hmm. and then being able to repeat the drill at home or right before performance would give me the same high payoff
0: that's amazing yeah. Can we talk about the body mapping idea? Can you explain what body mapping is and then perhaps how we use that in one of these assessment drill assessment patterns? Or sure. is that not How you use body mapping. You tell yeah.
1: me. No, that's I mean, we're improving the the third um you know, step in that neural hierarchy that we talked about, eyes, inner ear, and then proprioception. Mm -hmm. So if you can improve the clarity of that, whether it is in, you know, cranial nerves and smell or in taste or, um, in anything else, you're going to your joints, you're, you're going to improve your brain's ability to predict. And that means you're going from survival performance
0: the brain's ability to predict yes explain it
1: it will restrict your movement if you do not feel safe the brain is constantly asking do i feel safe am i safe and if that question is not answered it will limit your ability to move
0: so when I'm more aware of all the different parts of my body, when I do my joint warm-up, when I do my toe pull, when I put the salt on my tongue, all these parts of my body I'm becoming more aware of, allowing me to be more prepared in whatever situation I'm going into and to survive better. Yeah. Instinctually.
1: Okay. To to work more efficiently. And cool. to survive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're moving again from like being really worried about where your arm is in space to being able to, you know, grab onto something if you fall.
0: <laughs> so this is really important for us to be doing every time we're going to perform. I mean, part of our warm up. it's not just singing vocalises. It's not just stretching your muscles before dancing. This is an added layer, like we can be doing this before we're gonna be rehearsing ourselves and then also before we perform and before we go into auditions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If, if you continue to add these repetitions and free up your body, you're going to create a new neural pathway and that will start to become more what's called autonomic. We wanna to get to that stage so that we don't have to think about it in
0: performance. Got it. So it's that, um, it's, it's living in your body already. Autonomic. I don't know what that definition is, but that's what it said
1: (laughs) through. It's basically making it automatic, (laughs) you know, we're, we're, we're not having to think about it when we go into performance. Um, there's a cognitive stage and associative stage. You need, you need something like 70,000 repetitions in order to make something just automatic.
0: 70,000 repetitions Mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay so we need to be doing this every day yeah we need to be doing this every time we're singing
1: and the thing is you're not just improving your voice you're improving your
0: walking gait like how you walk through life and my eye prescription apparently yes (laughs) and potentially your eyes your eye prescription that's so amazing okay Kimberly what if you were going to tell someone What's one thing you wanna tell singers? You're a voice teacher, you specialize in this. What is something you wanna tell? Um, you know, This podcast is specifically about musical theater singing. Uh, we hear a lot from people that are wanting to belt. We hear a lot from people that are wanting to riff. I hear a lot of fear about singing in head voice, but then you also have other people that all they do is legit and they just wanna learn how to riff. There's anxiety. There is fear of not being good enough not knowing your place, not knowing how you stand out. Um, as a voice teacher, what is something you want to share with singers? Oh, okay. Well, what I love
1: about this kind of work is that there's just no, no judgment <laughs> in neurology at all. You're assessing your body and then you're reassessing your body. And something you, can, you get to hold on to something that works for you and, and literally reproduce it later. And watching it in other people is fantastic, too, because that sort of fires our mirror neurons and and we get to experience it more than just in one lesson. Um, The thing I really just I'm going to come back to that I want singers to know, dancers and actors, is that you are practicing neurology, whether you know it or not. So what are you telling your brain at this very instant Am I not a belter? Am I only a you know a singer that sings classically or more legit? If you are not training both sides of the instrument, then that's not a super athletic approach. You're you're really limiting yourself to one type of one style, one type of singing. And musical theater encompasses a lot of different things. So you want
0: to perceive yourself as an athlete and cross-train. I love that. Thank you so much. If people want sure. to find out more information about you and how to work with you, how can they find you?
1: Oh, you can find me at vocalkinesthetics.com. You can check out my my membership and upcoming workshops and master classes. I hope you'll be playing for. Um, and then um I'm also on Instagram at vocal kinesthetics. I'm on the TikTok now. Fantastic. <laughs> so
0: Google vocal kinesthetics with Kim. You'll find me. With Kim. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes so people can link directly to all of your things. Um, Thank you again for being on the podcast today. I know this is going to help so many singers. You guys, how cool was that interview? Kimberly is so sweet. And just all of her exercises seem so simple by themselves. And yet when you start trying them, you realize how much that neurology, how much the connection of your brain to the rest of your body really does affect your singing. So I hope that you'll take the time and try some of these exercises out. If you want to find uh, Kim, you can like she said, go to vocalkinesthetics.com. If you want to find me, go over to koryyamaoka.com. Find me on Instagram at koryyamaoka. I would love to hear from you. And one other thing that you can do uh, that I would greatly appreciate, if you're enjoying this podcast, just take a moment to give it a rating um, right there in your podcast app. And then even if you have two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, write a short review. Um, that's one way that people that are browsing to look at different podcasts can can say like, oh, I trust this a little bit more because there's other people that are already enjoying it and have taken a moment to share what they think about it. So um, rate, review, subscribe. I will see you next time. I hope you are well. Stay healthy and um, have a fantastic week.